right, welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right, Jesse, how are you doing this evening? Ah, fantastic. Fantastic, that's great. So I think we have a, we have another awesome, incredible, I think, uh, show lined up here ahead of us. Uh, first on the docket is the old, as uh, a putt, Pultney? Pult- old Pultney. Old Pultney 12. Yes. And then after that, we have our shout outs and um, get, get it togethers. And then we finish up with our uh, Sparta Challenge, which you said is the uh, five things. We uh, want to be known for. What are we selling ourselves Like, like what our brand is, right? Yeah, what's our brand? All right, we're going to jump right in, not going to a whole lot just before we start the tasting here. Old Pultney, like you got a Pult and a knee or a bad knee. Pultney, 12 year Scotch whiskey. This particular Scotch whiskey is from the most northerly shores of Scotland, where the North Sea meets the Caltness Coast. It's a handsome box, pretty conservative. Reminds me of uh, your high school days when you're wearing tons of Ralph Lauren and almost nothing but. <laughs> but a good year, a good looking box. Uh, interesting bottle. Nothing to be ashamed of. No, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the stills. I think that's the intent. It's a good call out. All right. Well, what do you want to add about this fine scotch? Well, as you said, that they are in the northern part of Scotland in Wick. Uh, they were opened in 1926 by Sir William Pult, uh, Pultney. <laughs> uh, Pultney. And in 1930, they closed down due to uh, de- uh, declining trade. And it wasn't until 1951 did they uh, open the doors back up. So, so 21 um, years. Yeah. It's about how old we are. Started yeah, but, drinking. Yeah. It's been a good 21 years. <laughs> Opposite of 12, right? <laughs> That's right. Let's not go there. <laughs> I do. Is it like a, is that like a grayish blue or, or what is that on top of there? It is very much so a sea blue with a matte finish and some silver almost net or lace, uh, like like a fish net that's kind of woven into it. So, yes, it's very much so from a distance, silver blue, and as the light hits it, it really shines. It's the same as on the box there. Really stands out. So, like, when you open up the box, that's that's the kind of blue that's right there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great look. Oh, yeah, that is a nice look. Probably can't see all of that detail on these, you know, cameras, because since we're not running porn, we're not to 6K yet. (laughs) (laughs) No money shots? No money shots. (laughs) All right. So anything else you want to add about this before we uh, go to our tasting? No, man, we're going to jump right in. Look at this, smell it, taste it, find its finish, and then we'll give you our full review. It's happy finish. Yeah. 
All right, Jesse. So uh, I guess keeping with uh, tradition, I'll go first here and All right. uh, say what I got with my findings, yeah. and uh, you do yours. So here to begin with, in the color, I put down something close to like a golden straw to a, a gold, um, like a meadow gold. Um, and like I'm talking like the meadows, like when you go out to like the fields and you see like kind of like the uh, like the like that kind of gold color from like I don't know maybe like wheat or something. So not meadow soprano gold metal. No, not like <laughs> okay. meadow soprano. Although she is hot. <laughs> Especially she looks. She still looked pretty good in that. Uh, in that uh, Super Bowl she, commercial. Yeah, yes, Silverado. The, yeah, the Chevrolet Silverado. Silverado. Call him, please. <laughs> um, as far as it, as the nose goes, I had uh, I got some hints of vanilla, hints of uh, honey, but uh, more so than anything else, I got like that sea that sea salt um, or the you know the kind of like that sea air that you would get, and it kind of just reminds me of being just off the coastline. Maybe not right there on the beach or anything, but maybe like uh, maybe a mile mile or two in, and you have that breeze coming in off the ocean there when you're like in California or even in Hawaii and just get that nice uh, maritime smell, um, which um, I think is great. I love that smell. As far as the uh, the taste here, I got uh, on my palate. Mm. I got a slight hint of uh, chocolate, a little bit of mint. Um, with some, you know, maritime notes there. And then near the end of the mid palette, right before it goes into the uh, finish, I get a, I get a little bit of citrus there and the finish is really light in the beginning. Oh, but yeah. then after like, it's like really like, I almost didn't like know that there was a finish at the start of it, but then all of a sudden like it just hit, it comes in, <laughs> it comes in with the, uh, with a nice brine type flavor. Much like your own deduction there, I'm right there with you. This is a light to medium gold finish. Uh, definitely reminds me of that field, that meadow, if you will. For me, on the nose, man, this is all brine, maritime, sea salt, air. Um, and then there's this hint of earthiness. I don't know what to say, but Here's your word of the day, petrichor. For anyone who doesn't know what petrichor is, it is that scent you get after you've had a rain, after a long dry spell, and it's earthy, and it brings up almost like the smell of water coming off of concrete and stone, and literally that's what it is, water coming off of concrete or stone or dirt, masonry, um, wood, anything, basically the dust, the fallen ash. Um, it's that earthy smell that comes up, and that's what I get from this. Was that what's that word? What's the word? Petrichor. Petrichor. P e t r i c h o r. Maybe they should just call it Scotch Petrichor. Man, I am telling you, it is. Uh, it's great, and I love the nose on this Scotch. I love the sea brine and the sea air, much like yourself. Uh, mine's more just from being on coasts. Uh, particularly, I get more of this from the West Coast than the East Coast. I'm not sure if there's a reason for my travels that that's been the case, but I definitely get more of this from the West Coast. This is of the United States, uh, so more California than Florida or Boston, if you will, uh, but just absolutely amazing. And then you get to the palate. 
Mm-hmm. Here's where it's fun. There are a lot of scotches and a lot of great scotches out there. Old Pulteney has a, a wide variety of scotches, a huge range, most of which we can't even get in Colorado. You have to get it to distillery or in Europe. Um, and it's safe to say that this is probably not one of their finest scotches. But with this, it is fun. And on the palate, it is this, I'm going to say, medium body, bodied creme vanilla taste with a hint of lime meets clove and it's super interesting to me because you mentioned the finish and as you're drinking it it's great it's smooth 40 percent abv which is a little bit less than our typical highland malt scotch that we've tasted on the show at right around 43 abv um, but maybe it's you know it's a, it's wick it's more northern than any other distillery we've tasted so far in the highlands in scotland and then you get to that lime and clove and i think that's what builds upon this almost sweet spicy creamy finish and not almost it is a sweet spicy creamy finish that is unlike anything i can relate it to right now there is definitely for me like that finish was just start off really mild but then you got that nice brine but i can see where you're getting that sweetness because as i was talking about that like at the end of my mid palate that's where i got the citrus from and i'm guessing that's where that lime clove is coming in with you Yes, it's not a sweet mandarin orange or any orange for that matter. And it's not so tart as a lemon, um, but it's still tart in a way that I love. And why I go lime is because, man, there's so uh, on the beach, G&T, gin and tonic with a dash of lime. Dude, Uh, those are the best. Who doesn't (laughs) like a great G&T? Satan. Satan. (laughs) What's her name, Karen? I don't know. Oh, no, she likes them. She just doesn't like me to have them. <laughs> I don't know. I think Karens don't like anything. Except they're the cats. They like their cats, right? Sure. Karen, let us know if we're right. You like your cat. Give us a <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yeah, she likes her cat. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> I got it the first couple of times. All right, now it's down low. <laughs> A lot of sexual in the windows so far in this show. I mean, what do you want to be known for? <laughs> you want to be stiff or limp. All right. <laughs> Give it to him straight. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to say about this guy? No, it's a delight, and I would love to try it with key lime pie. I would agree. I think it'd be great with the I think it would be fantastic. It's time for our shout outs. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my daughter going to and making it home safely from prom and uh i think she had a blast 
<laughs> she says she had a blast and I'm super happy for her. It's a tough world we live in right now for any teenager, especially uh, those going through potential and not really potential, but real life transitions. And we're not talking about Trinidad transitions. We're talking about going from high school to after high school and having to make tough decisions and uh, just really super proud of her for continuing to learn and grow and be really um, open-minded to the world around her. And I love that about her. She's super brilliant, really smart, going to do great things. Yeah, she's someone who will absolutely be self-sufficient and strong-willed. Thank God for first-born children with that. Uh, and uh, I'm just proud of you, Mila. So uh, cheers. That's awesome. Mila is, she is an awesome person. She is. I'm, I'm glad I've gotten to know your your kids. Dude, I'm just stoked she'll still sit down next to me every weekend. I have them and watch a movie and eat her pint of ice cream next to me. And, uh, you know, we always do our nachos, except for the one random time where something else is going to supersede that. And she's just super grateful and cool about that. And I love you, Mila. Yeah, I think that's awesome. All right. So my shout out is going to go to Fogo de Chao. Uh, they did give a, uh, we did go, well, I went to the uh, launch party for their uh, new spring appetizers and cocktails. Some of us had to work the street. And uh, <laughs> I will say uh, they, they delivered. It was, it was excellent. Um, I'll throw some pictures into, uh, uh, into the edit here so you guys can see it, but they had like shrimp cocktail. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shrimp cocktail, uh, crab, uh, I think it was a crab, crab cake. No, crab, uh, crab shrimp, uh, lettuce taco. Uh, -huh. uh, they had these like chicken sliders. They had this uh, chicken leg called the juicy leg. Um, I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> who's juice. <laughs> I don't know who's juice. And then they had, um, some really great, uh, New spring cocktail drinks. Uh, one of them was, uh, I think, called the Samba uh, something or other, uh, the Samba Martini, that which is what I got. And it had blood orange in it. Oh, so good. Blood orange makes every, well, I shouldn't say that, makes many a mixed drink better. Ex I, I agree. And um, also then uh, I also had the uh, the blood orange in Manhattan. So just imagine this with the Fogo de Chao, right? We walk there. You know the place. Ah, I do. So they- I they, walk in like Bond. <laughs> you did. And um, go check out the Bond episode. <laughs> James Bond. So we walk in. We go upstairs to where they're having the, uh, the launch party at. And they immediately give you a glass of champagne to begin with. And then they give you two drink tickets. And then after they give you the two drink tickets, they had the appetizers- is unlimited appetizers, so you could just you know try all the different types of appetizers that they had. I think one of them was a bacon wrapped uh, fillet. Um, it was yeah, it was, they did a great job. It was awesome all the way through. So shout out to them. And uh, I do know uh, she mentioned that she's going to be doing uh, uh, Amy. Uh, shout out to Amy. She's the event. I think that's her name. Uh, she's the event director there at Fogarty Chow. I'll have to double check that and correct myself if I'm wrong. Uh, and uh, she said that she's going to get us an invite to the uh, prisoner wine dinner tasting. So I think that might be uh, another slam dunk. All right. Get it togethers. Get it togethers. 
All right, what's your get it together? All right, I only have one this week because as we have learned, anyone who's watched more than one episode, I can go on with my get it togethers forever. But uh, my get together, interestingly enough, goes to someone I've given one to before, and that is Biden. And my get it together for Biden is how dare you go after publicly Putin's daughters? I think this is unfathomable unacceptable uh here putin's the one being charged and challenged with committing war crimes yet our president is the one taking action against his daughters who are not actively involved in the war at all uh putin's not challenging any of biden's children uh, anytime you go and attack somebody else's children really you are in the wrong hunter biden's laptop did Putin go and put that out there or did our own press put it out there? Uh, he has additional information about it, but yeah. But he hasn't put it out there. Uh, maybe not yet, but it's coming. I'm just saying he probably should because at this point, Biden, you were in the wrong. And I get you're trying to put create the white smoke and make it like, well, he's making this up because of that. <laughs> Those videos have already been out there. The additional information or not, yeah, we all know. So uh, that's that's just a do not go around people challenging, uh, not challenging, attacking a criminal's children just because they're the children. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I, I don't accept that. I think that is the worst type of foul play. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to give my get it together to the uh, Aston Martin F1 team. <laughs> F1, we love you. Aston Martin, cars of fantastic, amazing, unquestionable, especially in the James Bond movies. But this last race in Australia... Woo. So, yeah, not wrong. Obviously, obviously, you're the F1 fan. This is the first time I actually ever watched F1 racing. We watched the qualifyings together, and then I watched most of the race, not all of the race. Uh, but uh, the Aston Martin team, dude, had like a they like week. they like they had like almost like they almost cannot even get a car on for qualifying. <laughs> Like one of them, I don't even think one of them even got on the qualifying, and then the other one barely made it on, and only got one lap in uh, to get a qualifying. Like, but they didn't even, like make the cut in the qualifying to go to the second round. And then when they go on to the it go into the race, they throw on the hard these hard tires, and the one guy couldn't even like control his vehicle and gets beached into the sand, and yeah. you know. I love I love Aston Martins from like the uh, like the like their, the road their cars. cars are amazing. Yeah, the road cars are amazing. <laughs> I love them in James Bond, but in their Formula One here, the F one racing. Come on, guys, get it together. Restaurant Here we go. We went to Finn McCool's. Finn McCool's. And that's in Centennial, Colorado. Yeah. Um, you're, do you want me to go? You want to go? Who do you want to go? Go for it. Okay. So my first uh, impression walking into the place, 
it seemed kind of like a dark, uh, like a dark pub. Um, almost something that's reminiscent to what I saw a lot out in the like South Jersey slash Philly area. And, um, not a whole lot of people were there, so maybe it was just a Monday, but it wasn't very hopping. Uh, they did have some nice music playing in the background, uh, and the and the place wasn't super loud, which was also kind of nice. Uh, the, there's only one waitress that seemed to be working, and she was like... She's doing a she, great yeah. job. She's like, she's totally on it. So I give her like almost, almost I guess, with, with the service she gave, even though it's not like a high-end place, I'd give her like a 10 for the effort mm-hmm. that she put in her attentiveness. Um the food itself, I'd give it probably like a like a six. It wasn't I wasn't too impressed with what I got, um, which I did order the uh, chick uh, buffalo chicken skewers and a side salad. So that might be on my that might be my bad for the food that I chose. Uh, but it was like for that kind of food though, it's, it's kind of typical for like a like a restaurant bar area. Uh, so you know, it's like a six or a seven right there. Um, if you, I guess you could take a first date there, but you wouldn't make a huge, great impression. I don't think, uh, Oh man, but it, it would be, I mean, if you guys, uh, I mean, it's actually wouldn't be a bad place to go to grab food and be able to have a conversation though. Cause you're not going to get, it's not so loud there that you're, you're not gonna be able to hear the other person speak. Um, so overall I'd say, you know, the waitress that we had, I give her a 10, the food, I give it probably six and a half to a seven. Atmosphere there, I did like I said, I like the music. It's a little bit dark there, um, so I'm going to give it an overall an eight. For me, God, imagine this: six thirty on a Monday night, we're strolling into this place, and uh, the sun, you know, you got an hour before it's setting. Uh, you walk in, dimly lit. Not really romantic. I'm not saying it's romantic, but what I'm saying is... It's like dark bar. It's like East Coast bar to me, like Philly. Like, I'm in Philly, you know, just a cool, casual bar. There's lots of single guys sitting alone, chilling alone, not causing any problems for any of the ladies. And I actually kind of liked that. It wasn't this, uh, uh, is this is this the meat counter? It, it was really like, hey, man, I'm here to have a beer and chill on a monday night the waitress i agree with you she was fantastic right up there i don't know that i can give her a 10 that's that's the high that's a damn high mark but definitely a nine ish uh maybe a little bit higher i it's i don't know that she wasn't a 10 it's just tough she was literally the only person we saw working the sales floor if you will the restaurant with 30 to 35 plus people the whole time that's why i'm giving her a 10 dude yeah for effort definitely a 10 uh i had zero qualms uh, about her performance but um the, my food on the other hand unlike yours not right around that six and a half seven mark i had the jambalaya pasta which i thought also was an eight and a half um you know getting to the nine you have to go way above and beyond the beer menu was decent tons of shots you can tell it's a sports bar uh, definitely remind me of philly minus the eagles pennants and flags and shirts and jerseys uh from my little bit of time in philly is a a great bar though would i take a first date there 
man, if it was on the way, you know, this goes back to me and my marathon dating, if you will. I like dates where if I'm going to a restaurant, unless I'm going for the food in particular, it's a stop on the way. It's part of the journey. Uh, if I'm on a road trip and that's the place I'm going, yeah, give me the jambalaya pasta, give me a beer or two, and then I'm on my way. Uh, the They had one appetizer, which looked interesting we didn't try it but the menu was the one place where i thought man this is probably hurting this restaurant more than anything COVID or not uh their menu didn't have the most amazing selection of food for us but i enjoyed it uh first date worthy again probably not but nonetheless it's it's a fun place for just a quick beer you know, if it wasn't for that jambalaya, just looking at the menu, there wasn't a whole lot that drew me in. It's a couple of beers and a show or jambalaya pasta. I don't know why else I would go. Ultimately, I'm giving you it right about the same ranking as you, right around the eight mark. So this is a revisit of episode eight. And what five things do we want to be known for? What is our brand? What are we selling as we move forward in life? What are we focused on so that somebody knows if they're buying a pair of Noah's or a pair of Jesse's and we're talking footwear at this point, what are they buying? And yeah, it's a, it's a visit from the past almost a year and a week ago. It's a year ago. Really? It's literally, this is episode 58, and that was episode eight. That's a year ago. It is. That's a while ago. So we're looking at it a year ago and considering, okay, so do we still follow that same train? Where have we uh, changed, learned, grown? Or are we like, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm still steadfast. I'm not changing anything. This is where I want to continue my path. Sounds good. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, why don't you lay the bricks? All right. So one year ago for me, the five things, it was a rough episode. We were just getting started. Let's face it. If you remember it, great. Uh, you won't remember it really. If you've forgotten most of it, great. Don't rewatch it. Just know I'm giving you the details on me. Noah will give you the details on what he said a year ago. And then I'll kind of go into where it's changed. And after we've exchanged our five, our big five, then we'll kind of go into the whys. Uh, for me, a year ago, Five things I want to be known for when someone says Jesse and they think of five things I want to be known as intelligent, attractive, mentor, reliable, and trustworthy. So this is Jesse a year ago. What I can tell you is not much has changed, but a little bit has adapted and changed over the past 52-ish weeks. And that is uh, now still intelligent, still attractive, but instead of being a mentor, I'm giving it a different name because I think it has different applications to, towards different scenes. And, and I do want to be thought of as a mentor to some, but more importantly in the whole, in the masses, I want to be considered in the whole as a hero. And then number four, resilient. And finally, number five, also not changed, trustworthy. All right. My turn. 
Uh, just going over the basics and then we'll go into details. Okay. So Noah, a year ago, um, my number one was to be a visionary. I think that's the Tom Brady move. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number two. You can't go wrong with that. The guy needs more fingers for all his rings. (laughs) I know. Right. Uh, Number two was a uh, pause to be a positive influence. Mm -hmm. Number three, be uh, consistent emotionally. Uh, so that way, you know, not too high, not too low emotionally. Uh, number four was mentorship, um, which is kind of similar to yours. And number five was to be kind of like a, be an underdog, just not not have people see you coming. And like you, not much has really changed from a year ago. Um, That's because we're 21. We know what we want. <laughs> so I, I still want to be be known as a, uh, a visionary or a dreamer, right? Because I, I think goals are important. Uh, but this one did change right here. I put a new one here, loyalty. Ooh. Um, I, I want people That's to know. A damn that good one. Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, mentor slash educator. Uh, this one also did change here. It's kind of a tweak to the positive influence, but a cheerleader. So cheerleader slash positive influence, because there's a lot. Uh, well, we, you said we're going to go into these in depth a little bit later, right? So I won't go in depth right here. And then the the next one here, I did change underdog to value. All right. Now for me, with the intelligent piece, I'll go after each one. You can let me know if you have any questions. You want any? further information so are we going to do you the me then you the me so your one my one your two my two let's just uh yeah that's probably a bit so we're not drowning one person <laughs> okay i'm so, just i'm just making sure i just yeah. i just want to get what our game plan no is that's good that's good i think it's good to go back and forth share the wealth and the movement <laughs> motion in the ocean so for me intelligent and that is that when whether it be my kids or my friends or my boss anyone that i work with my team those that work with me and or for me i all want them to think of me as intelligent as opposed to in particular someone who's not intelligent. So I want them to think of me as someone who is educated, but it also uses that knowledge to advance, to improve. Someone who's intelligent is also open in my mind. So they will listen to the current trends and apply them. They will not be stuck in the moment of a past situation, but they use multiple times. At the same time, they don't forget that uh, history is doomed to repeat itself for those who don't remember it. Yeah. What? (laughs) You can't remember yesterday. I can't believe. uh, Okay. We're getting (laughs) past that. Uh, But yes. So for me, number one is intelligent. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. But also I like to continue educating myself. I know Noah, you as well do, even though it's not necessarily one of your top five. I like to continue learning each and every day of my life. Uh. Yeah, it may not be my top five, but I think it does correlate with one of mine. So, Petricor. Petricor. Yeah. You learned something today. Yeah. That's. that's Word of the show. Word of the show. We should have probably put that in there too. (laughs) Make that a new segment. Word of the the show. Let's just do it. (laughs) Starting with the show. On episode 58, Scotch Hour. Petricor. 
Story of the show. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. Yeah, it's just All right. it. moving forward. We can rotate every other week. <laughs> okay. We got one. Uh, so my number one is visionary slash dreamer. Um, here, I think uh, one has to, uh, I think you have to be able to dream in life. Um, the moment that you stop dreaming and having goals, I think you're dead. And um, 100%. And so, so I think this kind of goes on with being a visionary. You have to be able, be able to not only be able to dream uh, still in life and be able to set goals, but you have to have be able to be a visionary to see those goals. And what I'm talking about being a visionary here is not only are you supposed to be able to see these goals, but also build this vision big enough to bring other people along with you. And not, not to like try to like manipulate them to join on board or come on board with you, but build a vision big enough to where they say like, Hey, I love that vision that you have. I want to, I want to join you in this, in this path, in this, in this growth. And, um, I think it's, I think it's super important for people to have that kind of vision, have those dreams, uh, because the moment, like, like you said earlier, the moment you stop dreaming is the moment that your life ends. Because really at that point, you're just waking up and you're going through the motions and it, and you might as well just go find a grave in my opinion. I'm not going to go so damn dark as Noah did right there, but what I will do is bring out the light and say I go to the gym, much like Noah does. We go to the same gym sometimes. We go to other gyms other times, but uh, one of the gyms we both frequent, uh, I see a lot of people, you know, they're like 50, so they're like twice our age, right? Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I see them and they're sitting here working out. They're trying to lose weight there, whether they're trying to build up their sexual stamina or their muscle mass or reduce their uh, non-lean body mass. They're doing a lot of things. And part of that is part of a dream, whether it is that you want to be seen as one thing or another, or it's that you want to continue being virile. Let's face it. That is a reality being physically able is a strength. And for those who are getting to certain ages, man, maintaining that, keeping that, uh, maybe even progressing that, you get these guys who are like 60 at the gym and they're huge and they're pumping iron and they're killing it. And that's their dream is to continue building. I agree with you. Dreaming uh, is something that I hope, you know, if, if I can instill some things in my kids' lives, that they remember far past my demise. That's one of them is I never want them to stop dreaming, whether that is the dream of a retirement in 80. And maybe that dream is I'm going to be 80 and see my great, great grandchildren come and visit me, whatever that may be, whatever their dream is, or I'm going to be 80 and get my 80th Ferrari, you know, Yes, please, Aiden, well, please yeah. do that. Whatever it is, I agree with you 100%. It is important to keep dreaming. Now, the other piece is uh, going from dreaming to visionary to actual reality is just making sure you're also keeping touch base so that you can maintain those dreams. And I think that's where most people's dreams fail is as they have a dream, they never really connected to any piece of reality. So one piece of reality, for example, could be, you know, 30 years ago, somebody buys a bit of Bitcoin, they wanted 30 Ferraris. And then they're like, as they continue to go on, they continue to believe Bitcoin can do it. Bitcoin can be the way I get these 30 Ferraris. 10 years in, they're like, man, 
You're talking about the pizza dude. Dude, I'm just talking about any of those guys who are like, <laughs> man, I don't know if this is really the way to go. And then 10 years later, they're like, man, I got my 30 Ferraris and a billion dollars. This was the way to go. But what's next? And that is another evolution of dreamers, which I don't, I don't need to stall the pro progress right here but um yeah i think it is absolutely important whether that dream is hey man next summer i'm gonna have even a better garden out front for a 60 year old man or yeah next summer i'm gonna make an even better gnt out back for a 75 year old man or yeah next year when i'm 80 i'm gonna go smoke a cigar on the longest day of the year uh there'll be no daylight savings in the united states next year but you know you find that time and you do it well i mean just here i'm talking about like you know dr having dreams right there's the uh, colonel sanders guy for kfc he was like i think like 73 years old 83s i forget what how old he was but he was old had chicken legs <laughs> <laughs> But he, he still he still sold he finally found someone to buy his formula and they created KFC with it. So I mean you can you know, it's never too old to stop dreaming, um and make sure you have a vision to to go after. Absolutely. Uh any case, uh all right, we're going to number two for Jesse, attractive. And so this is in multiple different ways, but uh, absolutely visually attractive, emotionally attractive, and intellectually attractive. So uh, someone who can uh, maintain a conversation, uh, have a business transaction, isn't negatively aesthetic on the eyes, and also is... A possible catch so that's something that i want to continue to grow in is just that is what is it um, for me that is attractive and just like with dreaming for some uh, to maintain being attractive to the masses not to everyone i'm not going to please everyone that's i'm not going to sell myself short but by and by i want people who are intelligent to realize that I can have a conversation with them. People who are physically attractive or physically capable at the gym to realize, hey, this guy can bench 225 as well. Whatever that may be, I want to be that version, uh, at least at an acceptable level for me. You know, attractiveness does come in all, all, all different types of ways, as you were mentioning. So there's the physical aspect of it, like you mentioned, and typically, usually, if you feel good about yourself, uh, being attractive, that also allows you to feel mentally attractive as well. And the way you carry, the way one carries himself, they could be the ugliest person really in the world, maybe not looks-wise, but if they have a great personality as far as, like, intelligence, they're attractive intelligently and and intellectually, uh, well, I guess I just said that twice, but... Um, or uh, you know, like their personality and uh, and intellectually, they're attractive. They'll they'll attract other people to them, uh, even in business or or whatnot. So I think that's a that's a great quality to have. You know, when I think of attractive, it's interesting because it's not just what I see with my eyes. Some of the most attractive people on this planet uh, were those that were never physically attractive to me. And I want to, I want to shout out one, um, that to this day, it, it's tough for me not to cry when I think about, and that is Kobe Bryant. And this guy was attractive to me because he was a go-getter. Uh, he obviously made mistakes in his life, but man, 
when I, to this day, when I learned about his death with his daughter in the helicopter, I remember being at the gym and having to sit down. And this is a guy who worked harder than anybody else in his profession. And with that, I think that's part of that attractive piece is he was humble. And a lot of people may not think being humble is attractive. I absolutely did. He sat down and learned and thought about, why did I just lose this championship? It went back the next year and won one. And there's nothing more attractive in a person to me than things and qualities like that. Yeah, it's a good, it is a good quality to have. So my number two here for Noah is loyalty. I think there's a big thing to be said about uh, being loyal uh, as far as uh, to your friends, to your family, or who uh, whoever. Um, it's basically about being, um, you know, they know that they can count on you. Um, that um, as far as like, you know, if they mess up in life or whatever, uh, you're still going to be there fighting for them on their side and stuff like that. And uh, there's there's something to be said about loyalty. A lot of times, I think anymore nowadays, uh, even when it comes to like corporations and companies, uh, they don't really value loyalty of their customers. Um, you'll see, like, uh, just for instance, like auto insurance companies. Um, you could be with an auto insurance company for ten years, but yet they'll give a better price or better a better deal to, to the brand new person. So I think a lot of times corporations, um, they don't value loyalty. I think, uh, even when it comes to, uh, employees, I think that's the big one for me. And we we're starting to see this too. Like, I think that's why, that's why we're seeing the, what is it called? The great resignation. Dude, they've managed to go beyond the great resignation now. Like it's, yeah, I, sorry for interrupting. But yes, it's actually, there's a step beyond that. What, okay, what is that? It's literally the great transition. It's not no longer about people resigning. It's about people transitioning to better employers, to better jobs, to better careers, to a profession that more fits their lifestyle. And they are continuing that transition. It's no longer about, oh, well, this job was hard last year and I didn't get a good review, so I'm going to be resilient and adaptable and do a better next year. Now it's like, well, if I wasn't good enough for this employer, there are 10 others out there that will pay me 20% more to do half half the work and I get a year much like you were talking about with the insurance companies. I get a free one the first year and maybe next year then I have to prove myself. And it's uh, this huge transition where it's insane to me that employers aren't valuing those that have been loyal and have delivered. Now there are those that don't deliver consistent results, but have delivered consistent results, still put in the hours, aren't short timing, aren't clock watchers, aren't running out the door. It's it's insane to me that they're not valuing those individuals. Yeah. So employers are not. Yeah. So I think uh, loyalty is a two way street. Obviously, um, I think it's uh, you being loyal and then other people being loyal back to you. And I think that's what you know. Uh, for some people, especially like for myself, I have a really tight uh, knit of friends. I don't have like a ton of friends. A lot of a lot of acquaintances but not like a people who I actually consider friends. And just because of there's that whole loyalty fa uh, factor there, I'm not sure they would be there for me in the, in the thick of things or not. Those who are the most loyal tend to have the fewest friends. I 100% agree with that. So that that's my number two. All right. My number three is I read them off. 
I'm actually going to save to last because that one could go a little bit longer. So I'm actually going to go to number four and then we'll visit number three as number five, if you will. So my third now becomes resilient. And with this, something that's very important to me is we are all going to get knocks in life, whether that be we don't get approved for a loan if you're trying to buy a house in this ridiculous housing market. I am sorry. Or maybe that's you don't get the date you want. You get rejected by somebody you find attractive or uh, you get rejected by any number of things. You don't get the reviewer raise you thought you were going to get. Maybe the bonus was something where you're like, wow, I just got shafted twice and I don't even feel it. And it's so small. I don't know what just happened. Right. And with that, you have, no, you didn't need lube. It was so small. That bonus was painfully small. And with that, you were asleep and never woke up. But Nonetheless, being resilient. I was actually thinking it was the other way. They, no, they just man. Over and took no. you to the shed. No, you're your- like, at least make it hurt. <laughs> nope, my bonus didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it might have hurt. No, it's too low. It hurts. No, you didn't even feel it. Is the problem? So with that, moving on, it, it's about being resilient, and I do want to be someone who learns, adapts, grows. And this is where it gets really tricky because we've used a lot of these key words. So you talked about loyalty and resilient can be a tricky offender to that because you're trying to be resilient while being to a bad situation, while being loyal. And really, maybe some of these other generations have it right, uh, as opposed to sticking with the tough situation if you weren't good enough for that to get a raise or a bonus i think i i think lots of americans were in this position is where no one i are talking about uh most americans we know who got raises or bonuses unless you were already making a hundred thousand and hundred fifty thousand plus uh your raising your bonus did not offset inflation now those that were making fifteen dollars an hour ten dollars an hour a year ago their raises and bonuses absolutely offset offset the percentage of inflation, not the cost of living, but the in, the percentage of inflation. And with that, for those Americans who didn't, why are we sticking with it? There are hundreds of thousands of jobs out there in Denver alone. And this is where loyalty as a win, as an employee, E may not be the actual win. As an employer, they're winning left and right because we're loyal and they know that who's winning, who's not. And it's a tough to be that piece, but uh, being resilient sometimes, those of you watching the show might mean, hey, yeah, I go back to school and I find another job afterwards or hey, yeah, you know, I go know, find another job. I think that the resiliency and, and loyalty, they can either go hand in hand or they can go against each other. So exactly, you, you can uh, still be uh loyal and uh, maybe not get like a bonus or the raise that you thought you would or maybe the position you thought you would and if you stay resilient maybe later on down the road you will be compensated correctly that's the hope and that's what these corporations i think are really capitalizing on sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yes um and then the other thing is like where you're saying be resilient can go against loyalty that's where you can like say all right well fine that's the way it is and you I work 20 hours a week, every week. Then you, then you can just, you know, you go like, like you mentioned earlier, go, you know, uh, improve your, 
improve your skills, go somewhere else, those types of things. So, you know, and I, but I think uh, with resilient, being resilient sometimes, I think it has to do with uh, what violated the loyalty part, whether or not it's going to go hand in hand together or go against each other. Uh, interestingly enough, I think that brings up some of our last value, but uh, yeah. So with that, I think you're right. And by the way, when I say we're 20 hours a week, I mean 20 hours more than what's expected. All right. So if your number three is the same as my number three, um, I think I'll just throw that to the end then. It's not. Mine's hero. My new number three is hero. Yours is mentor slash educator. But you're welcome to throw yours to the end too because I think as far as when we really talk about those things, um, mine changed from mentor to hero for a, a number of reasons. So you're welcome to go to your next one as well. Okay. Since I think maybe they'll kind of correlate a little I bit. I think more. they will very much so. Okay, so then I'll go to my uh, to my number four slash number three now, uh, which is uh, cheerleader slash positive influence. Um, here, I think this kind of combines back into the uh, loyalty and being a uh, visionary and a dreamer too, uh, because. You know, there's people out there who maybe they bought into your vision or they're doing something else or they're your friend or maybe it's a coworker and you want to be a positive influence in someone's life. So if you see, you know, basically, you know, someone's down, you go and, uh, you know, cheer them. I'm not saying like cheer them up, but like basically instill the uh, that positive influence into them. You know, they might have like maybe they didn't receive – the uh, promotion that they thought they were going to get. So then, you know, so they're down and they're not performing to their normal status. So what you do as a, as being a cheerleader or a positive influence in their life is you remind them how great they are, what they're doing and stuff like that. And you cheerlead them on and uh, being that positive influence to them. Um, and, you know, you never know um, what's happening in someone's life. So maybe that one, like, Hey, you're great. Or, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a hard worker. Uh, you know, thanks for being such a great friend or whatever, uh, that can make a huge difference in somebody's life. They might, they might've been contemplating who knows what suicide, uh, suicide. And maybe that, maybe you being that positive influence saying that one positive thing to them, or maybe multiple positive things to them, maybe that changed their outlook. And then they go from being down and out to like, just being a, a superstar again. Yeah. So that's, that's my, uh, Number four. I think uh, I, I admire the cheerleaders in life. And why that is because for those of you who haven't realized, cheerleaders do receive a little bit for what they give, but they give so much more than they receive. And you can talk about that from a compensation standpoint when you think about how much uh, Broncos cheerleader makes versus all the work they do versus the Broncos. And yet literally half the time, if you watch a publication, you'll see a cheerleader on TV more than the star Bronco player, right? (laughs) It's just crazy. Um, And I think there is something about that. So we're talking about energy and don't underestimate the importance of energy that people give off and that they take in. And I think I love the term emotional vampire so much (laughs) from (laughs) what what happens in the dark uh, more than anything, because 
These people are real. That, that's they, not they, even they a makeup you. term. There are people who drain you day in and day out. And cheerleaders are the opposite. They are the ones. And so uh, I think my boss right now, my current boss, if you're listening to this, uh, A, I'm totally surprised. But B, I'm grateful that you made this far in the show. And C, I truly mean this. You are a cheerleader. You are people who give energy. You are a person who gives energy to every person in the building. That's a lot of people. And uh, I think I enjoy being a cheerleader as well. I enjoy giving off positive energy. I don't necessarily want to be known for that. But... I think it is underestimated in value. So cheers, man. That's a great quality. Thanks. All right. My next one, trustworthy. For me, this is a deal breaker. And there are deal breakers on many different levels. So what does trustworthy mean? Money, time. Really, this kind of comes into, you can look at it in a multitude of ways. One being the five love languages. As great a, book. Yeah, as a partner, whether it's a romantic partner, a business partner, a friend, you have to realize your partner, this other person that you have any sort of relationship will have something that they need, whether that's gifts or time or whatever it is. It's there. And when you can trust that a friend or a coworker or a boss or a team member, someone who works for you, a, a, an employee, or anyone in your life will give you what you need. And you, there's a lot that goes into that. You have to communicate what you needed. Otherwise, don't damn well expect it. You have to go both ways. But when you can be trustworthy, then you have done your part. There's nothing more you can do. If that relationship ends, you have done your part. And there's a lot that goes into that. It's super complicated. We could have a whole show on trustworthiness, in my mind, uh, based on the different ways you are trustworthy to individuals. A boss, a lover, a friend, a coworker. Uh, you know, there's just a multitude of different ways. Uh, but what I want to do in my mind, I guess really where the stems is, I like to be honest. It's, it's tough to be honest sometimes. You get a car attendant or a limo driver or uh, a, um, a captain at a restaurant, and they're like, how did I do tonight? And you have to be honest. Well, maybe you're in front of a date, or maybe you're in front of someone else, or maybe you're in front of their friend, and the last thing you want to do is be like, dude, my date's happy. You were the worst to me. There are are appropriate ways to do this and it's tough and actually earlier today there was a time when i was honest with someone and man i wanted to flipping lie <laughs> but i took the i took the moment of like yeah yeah it was that bad and uh i think that's part of being trustworthy though is you know you might hurt their view on you, not necessarily opinion, because you're not doing anything wrong, but their view on you because some of their emotion might not have been considered. Again, you think about a captain in a restaurant where you're spending $800 for a dinner and a bottle of wine, maybe two bottles of wine, and then you have to tell them that they weren't that great, but you don't do it publicly and say, this was a terrible dinner. You say, hey, 
here are a couple things you could have done better. And there are appropriate ways to do that because as a good human being, you build dreams. To your point of your next topic, you or two topics later, you, you build dreams. And that's very important to me as well. So uh, yeah, trustworthiness, uh, being trustworthy is very important to me. When I've had bosses who have really been dumbfounded when they ask me, did you really say this? And I'm like, in front of others. Yeah, dude, that was me. I actually did say that because that's what I had heard. And I'm sorry if that's offending you right now. Here's who and when and how I heard it from. And I've had them tell me later, man, I didn't think you'd own up to that. And you weren't even wrong. And, <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, but I will always own up to that. Trustworthiness is something huge. It's uh, it's hard to be honest, and it really is. Well, it's hard, hard. to be honest, uh, yeah, sometimes. And then also on top of being trust uh, with trustworthiness is uh, once it's lost, it's hard to ever get, get it back. It is also very much so intertwined, intermingled with being loyal. Yes. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my next one here is value. Yes. Um, and here I just want, I just wanted to be, you know, like, um, when I'm talking about value here is like when any, anytime, uh, you or one or me, whoever you spend time with other people, I want them to walk away saying like that was valuable that I delivered some kind of value to them and they walked away feeling better than what they did beforehand. Uh, so, it, you know, there's there's times where you might have like gone to like a lecture, a training, or met with a person, or whatever, and you're like, that was a waste of time, and I, that's that's not something that I want to happen when someone meets with me or they converse with me. I wanted to have like any, I want to be able to deliver value each time, whether it's just a, a small little nugget or maybe it's a lot of nuggets, like a big huge rock. Or whatever, but I want I always want uh, value to be delivered that they've walked away feeling either like they've learned something new or they walked away being a better person after they're done visiting. Yeah, I think uh, I, I love that. And part of the reason I love that is when you consider introverts versus extroverts, sometimes value can be so simple as spending 30 minutes with someone who needed a recharge off your energy and they didn't need a gift. They didn't need food. They didn't need anything else, but 30 minutes of your energy that can be, again, we talk about love language and all these different things that can be quality time, a, a little gift, a card, a sandwich, it can be nothing at all. It can be kind words. It can be so many different things. And I think that is great that you don't want to waste that because it falls into something I can't ever think is, is one of the things I want to be known for because I think it goes as much negative as positive. I think the new Doctor Strange movie coming out will absolutely go that way. But time is the most precious. The most important asset. Asset in life you can give it but you can never get it back and 
This is so, I, I think that's absolutely just amazing, Noah, that that value is that. And again, though, to go out and talk about uh, the one gift I've never given away that I ever received from anyone is a watch. And that's because, and they've always been nice watches, by the way. <laughs> We're talking like $10,000 plus each one of them. Um, I can never give them and let them go is because uh, I don't uh, uh, value that with a dollar because that's not how they valued it. They valued it as time just as I did, time spent with them. Every second counts. You wake up and you have so much time in every 24-hour period. How did you spend it? And if maybe you had a terrible day, but you gave someone 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 600 seconds of your time, and you increased their value, by the way, that means you also increased your value on this lifeline in this planet. I think that's great. I do too. And it's, you, you know, I think time is something that we could probably have a whole show about too, because the value of time is something Dr. Strange is coming out soon. Mention it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is something that's super important. And I, there's a lot of times uh, that I do say, like, I'll send a thank you afterwards saying like, you know, time is the most important value. In fact, you can even ask Casey this, uh, from our last, uh, Last episode, I think that we we filmed with her. Um, I thanked her for coming on the show. I said, you know, I put in there. I think I, I put uh, time is the most important asset. So I just want to thank you for spending that with us on our show. Uh, yeah. So I do like to uh, point that out because it is important. Like uh, there, that is one thing that can never be given to you. As far as like, you can't get more time as a gift from someone else. Like they can give you, they can share their time with you, right? But you, they can't give you more time. Also, they can't take your time, essentially. Yeah. In the same asset or transaction. But once, but once your time is gone and once it's spent, it's gone forever. And uh, and the and the kind of the odd part here is we don't know how much time we do have. Well, emotional vampires have a lot more time than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then they also rebirth again, apparently. Dude, dude, I can't even wait to next season start. Me, whatever it may be, dude. Oh my God. Colin Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, final for me is uh, this one is a tough one because this kind of comes in that vain atmosphere of why the hell, Jesse, did you choose one to be known as a hero? in any aspect of the five things you want to be considered of. And here's why. When you think about villains and heroes, there is one thing that differentiates the two of them. And in life... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. No, in life, this one thing literally will set you apart from the Joker... And a lot of people aren't going to like this, by the way, because they're like, well, mental illness is X. And I'm like, yeah, mental illness is Y. And maybe it's Y or X, depending on if you believe in females or males, or maybe it's Y, Y, X or X. I don't even know. But my point being, we are grown, given, receive, take opportunities to take challenges in life and with that 
we have to learn and grow. And typically, a villain versus a hero, a villain will always be scarred. It could be a scar on your forehead. It could be no, any number of little things. But as they're viewed, they're viewed as scarred. Now, with that heroes, typically you're not. But they've gone through the same transaction of physical or mental challenges. Uh, the biggest difference is the hero and I do believe this in some ways is gifted and then also chooses to do right by others. A hero takes the adversity they have faced and does well by it. And that's what I want to be known as. It's kind of like that resilient piece where I have been wronged. I don't know a single human on this planet who hasn't been wronged, whether it's the jerk who cuts you off and clips your car, the guy in the parking lot who backs up into the front or side of your car and never leaves a note. We have all been wronged. And for me, part of it is just like, all right, well, this sucks. What am I going to do with this? Hey, kids, man, really be careful as you grow up as adults not to back up in anyone else's car. I'm going to assume this person wasn't a total D-Wad and that they didn't know that they hit my car. How's it you going to say fuck on the show, but you're going to say D-Wad? That's a whole different level of inappropriateness. <laughs> Cat Williams knows that. Sorry, please continue. No, my whole thing is, and I'm going to read off the definition of hero, a person who is admired. And I do want to be admired. I want to be looked up to, but here's why or idealized for courage. I want real courage, not bravado. I want people to understand I am courageous. My kids in particular, uh, who is uh, admired for courage, outstanding achievements. Man, what you and I have gone through in life, not everyone, the billionaires in particular, are gonna be proud of, but for me, my kids should definitely be proud of, or noble qualities. And this is the biggest one. Uh, for people like you and I, most people will never know what no one I have given to others, whether that be time or money or energy, which really kind of also goes back into time, what I have done. And part of this is, man, here come the tears again. I'm going to have to fight them off. But some of the best experiences in my life have been going to volunteer events where I get to hand out food and I see, can you imagine? I see kids coming to my table and my table in one example was I'm handing out dented cans of green beans and they're looking at me like they just got a PS5 for Christmas. I have seen that before. I know you have. And this is what I, I want our viewers to understand is that is a hero. Not that I'm the one who donated the can, but I got to be part of it. Uh, so there are other heroes. But that's what I really want in life is to make that positive impact. Uh, Elon Musk, I will say, don't know how far your billions of dollars will go for everything you've donated for the world. But you are one of my heroes. He, that's a that's a big thing there, being a hero. And the reason why... The reason why I was laughing here at the very beginning is because you sent that video to me, <laughs> that reel that talked about the difference between heroes and villains. It's real, and and uh, it was it just made me laugh because I'm like, oh, that's he got that's that reel that he was just talking about, and I was just making that connection. And you know what they're saying there in that in that reel that you sent uh, was that 
the difference between the villain versus the hero, they both went through some kind of thing where it tainted the world in a certain way. And the villain says, okay, well, you hurt me. I'm going to hurt you back. Exactly. Where the hero says, yeah, the world hurt me, but I'm going to do my best to ensure that the world doesn't hurt anybody else the same way that it hurt me. And I think that was a that's a huge difference there between heroes and villains. And that's a great thing to aspire to. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And, um, you know, talking about uh, handing out like that dented can or whatever. I remember uh, one of a first date with this girl that I dated in, uh, in Salt Lake. Uh, we went to a homeless shelter and, uh, our very first date together was uh, was the homeless shelter uh, doing, um, I think it was like lunch, maybe it was lunch or dinner, uh, serving the, the meals to the homeless. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. It's fulfilling, is, too. It is fulfilling. And, you know, just seeing, like, you know, the homeless people there and being able to, uh, you know, give them, you know, serve them the food and being in service of others. You know, the more, the thing is here, I think a lot of people forget this is that the more you're in service to others, the more you're going to gain out of life. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, I'm just going to take one step back and I apologize for this because it's totally not in the direct motion. It's a tangent, I guess is what I should say, is that Biden's sending billions of dollars of arms to help Ukraine, yet we literally have kids looking at me like they got a PS5 for Christmas on a Wednesday in the middle of the year because I gave them a dented can of green beans. Biden, save America. So I think here kind of, I think uh, our values uh, have gone astray here in America I mean, if you really think about it, I've, uh, from my understanding, at least from my studies in history, the founding fathers wanted us to be an example to others, not to sell them arms, not to be the world's police, but to show them how people could be could be free and be individuals and have their individual liberties and, and being, a, being a shining example to where others would want to uh, befriend us and want to emulate us and uh and you know and there's the uh the book uh by the french author who came and visited america uh and he talked about how how america was one of the most charitable places uh in the world and uh, we're not that we're not that place anymore yeah so we do need to get back to our roots Emulate. That's a great word. Maybe that's next uh, episode's <laughs> word of the week. This week's still petrichor. First smell of our rain after a, a long dry spell. Okay, so my number five, I think uh, it, it kind of ties into a lot of these things that we've that on my list as well as your list, which is uh, a mentor slash educator. And, um, you know, it also it, it falls into giving of time, right? Uh, you know, I want to be known as you know, mentoring people, uh, bringing them along to help better themselves or educating them to make them, uh, you know, better. And this kind of goes along with your, uh, you talked about intelligence. Yes. Um, you have to, in order to become a good mentor or a good educator, first you have to become a good student. And you have to continue to educate yourself and be a good student and have your own mentors so you can mentor other people. And I think... If you look at our podcast over 
the uh, 50 plus weeks that we've been doing this, um, hopefully it has come through in our podcast for both of us where we have brought in with the smarter challenges, things to challenge people, to educate them, to you know, have open minds, uh, look at different uh, look at different topics, whether or not we all agree with the topics or not. Um, that's um, you know that's that's indifferent. What it, what matters here is that we're open to this new knowledge, and to be able to take it in and use it and harness it to better our lives. And uh, that I think that's a pretty valuable thing to have absolutely again i'm going to go on a slight tangent okay and i'm going to bring up the term good old boys and when i think about mentors and mentorship one of the things that i love and hate about the term good old boys is that it gets all these negative notes particularly in modern times as the good old boys were drinkers and they took you to your two martini lunches or margarita lunches and all these different things but what was potentially underestimating about the good old boys is that they were actually talking business and personal life during those same meetings at two hour lunch. Now we're not talking about the Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> martini lunch where they drink a martini every seven minutes until one passes out. We're talking about the ones where they're really trying to make sure that their employees are well, both at work and at home and make a positive impact. And uh, I, I think being a great mentor is one of the greatest qualities in life. And as Noah stated, uh, being a great mentor means you have to be continuously learning. And part of that is also learning from your mentees. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like learning is just not a one-way street. You learn from those who you teach as well. Yeah. So, or mentor. Absolutely. And it's a very rewarding, especially, you know, I've, I've had uh, this kind of, you know, and I'm sure you, I know you've had some of the same experiences, but I've had people that I've uh, either trained that I've gone into like management positions. I've had uh, someone who uh, I uh, trained uh, so that way they could pass their state exam to get their life insurance license. And they end up uh, becoming what's known as a, uh, a broker. And now, you know, they, they were able to make, you know, six figures from that. So it's nice to know that you played a part in someone's success. It's very rewarding, I think. Um, all right, anything else that we want to add to our five? No, those are the big five for me right now as we can uh, share with you and have shared with you some changes, not huge changes, but adaptations or learnings on our own part uh, as far as what is our goal? Why? Are, what are some of the reasons we're doing this podcast? Um, it, it's because... You know, we're trying to share, help, grow, and also learn at the same time. We want to do more and give more and uh, be a greater positive impact. Yeah, definitely. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, maybe some of you have considered what, is, what your brand is or some of the values that you've considered uh, live by in your life. And uh, we would really appreciate if you put those in the comments. Yeah, and if somebody want, is out there and wants to be on the show, 
and you're trying to figure out how to get on the show, share with Noah and I, this is, this is the challenge out there, uh, shoot out a message to one of us or both of us and let us know what you think we sell currently on the show. This episode might be one example in particular as far as what are we saying are the five qualities you believe we have, whether or not they're anything to do with what we said we are trying to uh, display, to show, to equate to, to deliver is the bottom line for you, our viewers, and uh, also guests. And uh, if we can get you on the show after that, we've got some great scotches coming up, some big winners. We'll uh, bring out the next one and talk a little bit more about that in just a second here. Yeah, so for those of you who don't live in Colorado and can't actually appear yeah, on the show with us. Yeah, in Scotland, we may not be able to make it happen. Uh, actually, <laughs> we, we can't do, we, we do have the technical capabilities of having you do uh, be a guest, but uh, phone in. Yeah, or video in. Uh, we, could, we could probably do that. We could probably figure out a video in, but definitely phone in. Um, Rachel Berry, we're still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, do you want to show what's uh, next week's uh, scotch? Oh, all right. Remember, as you are continuing in life to drink responsibly, and next week's scotch is Lafroig Isla Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. Uh, the select sexy so do we know we, i never said what the topic is yet right? no you haven't man i'm just i smell it as a peaty earthy <laughs> slightly smoky subject though what's it gonna be all right so i uh i'm gonna have our next subject be um about snowden and um i just forgot his name uh, dang it. the guy who's uh, who did WikiLeaks. Oh, uh, wait, uh, me for me this Siri, who was the guy who did WikiLeaks? Julian Assange, yeah, Julian Assange. There you go. Uh, Here, so, again. so do WikiLeaks. uh, so here, like, uh, we can pull from like any news source that we have or. Anything that we learned, but uh, in particular, it's only two movies. There's the Julian Assange movie for WikiLeaks, and then there's the Snowden movie for uh, for Snowden. And uh, the question here is: uh, Were they are they considered, or sh or do you consider them to be patriots, and why? Or do you consider them to be traitors, or why? Dude, there you go again. This one may be completely different from uh, the last Unabomber. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. So with that, uh, I'm going to throw out one little piece. Okay. And that is the episode after that. I'm mentioning this now because snail mail gets the term for a reason. Uh, the episode after that, we will have by then sent out and hopefully and eagerly anticipated some responses. Uh, my challenge for that next episode is to write, draft, if you will, five letters to five different individuals, giving them five prepaid posted envelopes for return letters back. So all they have to do is decide, are they going to invest their time back to us? Much like we are investing our time right now, I think as a mentor, a leader, uh, a hero or anything, whatever we're 
trying to display ourselves as we're giving that and what's it going to feel like to them and that's part of the letter is hey what did it feel like to receive this letter and i'll absolutely let you know and share with you what it feels like should you respond um and it is that piece because right now it's so easy you can get a call most people don't even call anymore it takes more time to make a phone call this is tragic than it does to send a text hey do you want to come over for easter because the phone of, hey, do you want to, the call for, do you want to come over from Easter is, uh, my sister's this, my dad's that, my dog just died, my hamster's sick, whatever it may be. It's actually quicker. But how meaningful might it be when you go to that post office box, like it was in the good old days, and we'll talk about this on that show two weeks out, is uh, how good does it feel to receive that letter when we had foreign pen pals and all these different things? And so the two-week-out challenge, and for this I have selected a particular uh, great, I, I hope, scotch uh the single malt will be the dalmore 15. okay and uh it's not as much as the cigar malt but it's pretty dang close in price um and uh that'll be the scotch for that episode but it is five letters anyone out there who wants to shoot it when you watch this episode and come close okay so i know you're talking about the uh, smart challenge two weeks from now yeah are we supposed to have it pre-written before that show or are we going to be writing it? We're going to write it now. So we have two weeks. So they have a chance to respond by the two week out show. Okay. In other words, a week from now, we'll talk about it. And then a week after that, we'll get the response. And that's really where the two week out show is, is it's, this will come out in a few days. The following show, hopefully we'll get some responses. But in the meantime, we're going to send out five letters. We hope you do so as well. How did it feel to write those? And how did it feel when you did or did not receive a response? All right. Anything you want to say to the people as we wrap up now? No, uh, you know, Noah, thank you for continuing this endeavor with me. I love it. I, uh, in some ways, because of that, you're a hero to me. And even though that's not one of your things, you also are a mentor to me. I appreciate that. I know that is one of your things. I continue to learn and grow from you, and I love that. Uh, thank you for your time is the biggest one your commitment to time it's a huge commitment for everything you guys may not know that noah does not just as you see it on the show but the editing and everything else so uh cheers and thank you for that uh please drink responsibly remember find your purpose this show may not always be it but you know hopefully you enjoy it uh remember life can be great let us be one of those positive influences in your life and no it's yours all right so first of all thank you jesse for those kind words also thank you for being a hero of mine as well uh you've done a lot of stuff for me uh so i greatly appreciate that uh one of the biggest things is the time that you gave to doing the podcast and jumping on board with me so uh, i love it i think it's awesome i, I like I, I i cannot say how grateful i am for that uh you are also a mentor to me as well i've learned uh quite a bit from you um so thank you very much for that as well uh you know you are definitely a hero so uh yeah i mean you i've seen you i see you struggle sometimes in the past and you have been resilient so you you live everything on your on your list so that's that's incredible thank you. you're welcome uh for those of you out there uh 
thank you uh, as uh, Jesse mentioned and that uh, we've talked about here together time is your most important asset so we do greatly appreciate you spending your time with us and uh, watching your show I mean there's plenty of other shows you could be out there watching there's other things you could be doing so we do greatly appreciate you taking your time and spending it with us and uh, we would we, we we want to hear more from you guys. We really do. So please leave a comment down below. Um, if you do and you want to be a part of the show, whether you want, if you're here in Colorado, and you want to be on the show with us, you could do that. Or if you want to be a phone in per, you know, be a phone in guest, we can have you do that as well. Uh, so thank you once again. Uh, if you are watching us or you're probably watching us on rumble or on uh, YouTube, uh, thanks to the couple of new subscribers on YouTube. I believe we're up to 48 now. Hell yeah. So I think that's a couple, uh, two or three higher from the last time. I think where were we at 45 or 46 before 46 before 46. So that's two new subscribers. So thank you to whoever you two are. And, uh, on, uh, on the uh, Audible side of things, uh, where it's Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, or the, any of the other auto, uh, ways that you listen to us, uh, you know, whoever you are, or maybe it's multiple people in California and in Illinois, thank you. You guys have like, uh, like basically shot up our numbers quite a bit this uh, this month. So we greatly appreciate you listening to us. Uh, it seems like we're gaining a little bit more traction. Um, or maybe you guys are just listening to more of our shows. I have no idea what's going on there, but thank you for uh, for listening to us. We, we do greatly appreciate that as well. I freaking loved when I visited Chicago. I didn't love all their mask mandates at the time, but I loved uh, I loved everything else about it. Their art museum was to die for. I'm sure it was. I've never been to their art museum. I've been to Chicago before, but mostly like uh, – they're at the uh, Navy Pier area. and uh, Dude, gorgeous Navy Pier. Yeah, that's right by the art museum, by the way. And also the goddamn silver bean. You and can't I, not and see I the also silver saw bean, the, right? uh, <laughs> I saw the uh, Star Wars uh, exhibit there, the Natural uh, Museum. I did not see that. And uh, and also saw the air show there. Over <sighs> like uh, but in uh, any case, uh, enough about Chicago there. Uh, so thank you guys every, uh, for watching us and listening to us. We do greatly appreciate that. If you do want to become a patron, uh, it's in the comments down below. It's the very first link there. It's for the uh, Podbean Patreon. Uh, you can be a member for as low as $1 a month. Um, and uh, we just put that right back into our show. So once again, thank you guys, everybody. And we greatly appreciate you. Life is great. And Scotchman! Cheers. Wait, Noah. And... You're, you're fucking amazing. I hope you know that. And, uh, and for the viewers who don't, uh, you probably haven't made it this far. Otherwise, you won't be offended by this at the least. You don't know how hard this guy works at work at this podcast at a number of things I do because I've literally uh, been dismalled by the fact that I didn't get the bonus I thought I would so I could buy the computer to help him out with a lot of these aspects. I know how hard he works. I know how hard he works in life. And also anyone out there, what I'm telling you is you are amazing too. Don't underestimate your value. Life is tough. We talk a big game. Life is great. That is not wrong, but you have to have people in your life that bring you up like Noah brings me up 
to make life great. And because of that, that is my ultimate shout out, Noah, is uh, you help bring me up. I cannot even think about how my life would not have been as great if I hadn't visited the 40 plus restaurants we visited this past 12 months uh, so that we could give shout outs and reviews to viewers who cared or if you don't then you're not watching the show but for those that do man we're not dishonest we're being 100 honest we're not being bought no one's giving us free food or anything else we are doing this because we love life when we say life is great it's because we love life because we have taken the bull by the horns and we're bending over i can't think of anyone else but matthew mcconaughey right now because i think he's <laughs> the guy who should be on our goddamn show because he'd be like you guys are winning and i uh, he might actually say the opposite and then he crush <laughs> me and i'd be like in a corner like i want to die now he'd be like you guys are losing but i don't think he would be that way i think he'd be like you don't have to make a billion dollars to be winning you can be in a small little apartment and paying the bills and be winning but the thing is noah man you've brought so much joy in my life with this proposition and i cherish it i talk about it all the time at work uh, about the many opportunities experiences that we've had and we're going to start expanding upon that we're going to go to the art museum the botanical gardens we've talked about a lot of these things noah's brought up far more i'm not going to drown this out forever because as he'll let you know this is going to be a long episode but none the less Life is great. Uh, again, Noah, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Man. And, thank uh, you for the... Cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.